Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Hey, welcome Generations Church family in Grand Prairie, but also in our digital campus, wherever you might be this morning. We're so glad that you're with us. Let's pray together. Father, we just invite your presence to come today to be a part of the service. Lord, you're, you say in your word that you inhabit the praise of your people. And Lord, whether it's pre-recorded or whether we're singing live or whether we're singing in our hearts or out loud, we know that you are drawn to the people who praise you and that you truly do want to make your home in them. And so as we do this today, God, we pray that our praise, our worship of you would be the place that you can rest and that you would be glorified. Now, Lord, we ask that your presence would fall on us, that we'd be changed in this encounter with you today. We ask all of it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, some things in life are so complicated, but not everything has to be. The title of today's message in the series, it's complicated, but it doesn't actually, we should be saying it more like it's complicated because we're doing the whole Ikea theme, which, which we... Well, we haven't, asked, like, we haven't asked Ikea's permission to do that, so I hope we don't get in trouble. But We're all good. We're good. I'm pretty sure I can take the Swedish chef. Let's hear it. <laughs> Come on. All right. Say good morning or something. I said it's complicated. Oh, I just thought you were going to do more Swedish chef. Okay, the truth is, though, it doesn't have to be. What's, our, what's complicated? Well, relationships are complicated. Yeah. Trust us. We know. I've been married to this one for quite a few years now. Since... Okay. 2000, I know she's sitting right here and can hear everything I say this Sunday, but it's okay. I'm willing to risk it. Uh, relationships are complicated, and we tend to think of relationship only in the context of marriage for some reason, but we all know better. Relationship exists, well, long before the concept of marriage for yeah. individuals do. Uh, relationship uh, starts, well, I would say at conception, honestly. Uh, that's where relationship begins for every human being. And that is scientifically verifiable, just so you know. Um, but relationships have a way of really becoming confusing as we experience them. Uh, pain, frustration, hurts, woundings, all of those things, good times, bad times, all begin to really affect the way we relate to one another. And so that's why relationships can become so complicated. But we want you to know that God is the one who had the idea of relationship. In fact, we would say in, in a biblical worldview that this is why we were created. We are created by God for relationship. And so relationship is complicated as we make it. We want you to know that it does not have to be complicated. And basically, as we start, we like to say something at Generations Church, and it's simply this. Relationship is... Time over time. See, we finish each other's sentences. Sandwiches. Sandwiches? Just kidding. We don't finish each other's sandwiches. I finish her sandwiches. She does not finish mine. <laughs> but we do finish each other's sentences. Now, relationship being time over time means this. Relationships are always built on small and consistent deposits of time over time. And if we want to have meaningful connections, what we need to do is apply that very simple philosophy to everything that we do. The intentionality of spending time together with the right people, spending time together the right way to allow a relationship to form in a healthy and connective way. Real, deep, authentic, and intimate relationships do take a lot of time. I think sometimes when we're talking to people who are struggling to find those types of relationships, they want to fast track it. Right. And and not not really understanding or not even sometimes willing to put in the time that it takes to build trust, to begin to not just know people, but to be known by someone. 
right? And so sometimes in the church, we, we, maybe, we maybe state this a little bit out of priority, and we say only that, you know, Jesus came to restore our relationship with God, but that's not the entire truth. The, the entire truth would be that, yes, Jesus came to reconcile our relationship with God, but he also came so that people could be reconciled to each other. In fact, one of the, one of the calls that the scriptures give to the church is to be ministers. It calls us able ministers of reconciliation. And so with that in mind, we want to share a number of myths with you. Myths not misses, a number of myths with you this morning about relationship. And so let's start with the first myth. Myth number one. A great relationship is all about finding the right person. That's a myth. <laughs> That's a myth. Society tells us for marriage or dating, for instance, that it's all about finding the right person. But the truth is, real relationship is actually about becoming the right person. Yeah. So there's a measure of truth to finding the right person. And finding someone that you're compatible with, but if you are married, you are already with the right person. That's right. The question is, are you becoming the right person still? Mm -hmm. uh, are you becoming the person who is relatable, who is understandable, who is not so full of contempt and bitterness and frustration? All of those kinds of things are what confuse and complicate relationship. So um, we need to not just be looking for the right person to be with for marriage or friends to have we need to be becoming the right person. I think even in our home, we talk to the kids about that a lot. God placed you in this family for a reason. So when you're bumping shoulders with your siblings in the bathroom and rubbing edges off of each other as you're working things out, you have to become the right person. It's not just that you don't have the perfect siblings. You have to shape character and learn to get along. And who, who you are becomes more important. Yeah, it's the second of the greatest commandments where Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. This would be the love the neighbor as yourself part, where again, we're not just looking for the right friend, but we are looking to be the right friend. We are looking to be the friend, to be the person, to be the help that someone else needs because we will reap the things that we have sown. Another biblical principle taught by Jesus Christ. Um, so, uh, so here's the thing, men, you know, we get all kinds of upset in the world today when the Bible says something like wives submit to your husbands. But let me ask you something, man, are you a man worth submitting to? Because that's really the more important question that you should ask. I would never ask myself, you know, is my wife submitting to me? The question I ask myself, because it's the question the Holy Spirit asks me is, are you being a man that's worth submitting to? Are you being a man that's worth giving a covering, you know? And, you know, and then for the women. In turn. In turn. Jesus, I'll let my, my wife say this say one. Yeah, I don't want to be in trouble. Well, Jesus says, lay down your life for, for your wife, that's like right. he did for the church. And so women, are, are you someone that's worth dying for? I didn't say it. No. But, it, but it's true. You know, men, are you worth submitting to? Women, are you worth dying for? I mean, we need to be in relationship the person that we hope to have a relationship with. It's that simple. See, it's not complicated if we could just step back and kind of take everything that I presume out of the equation and really begin to look at what's going on. We can simplify this somewhat complicated issue. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says this, For I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Yeah. 
This is the example we follow in Jesus, this absolutely reckless, amazing, selfless love that did not diminish him. You know, there was that one family on TV years back, um, they had a whole bunch of kids, and it doesn't matter who's, what their name was even, but I just remember this amazing statement because they had so many kids, and, and people would assume that because there was such a large family that the time was so divided, no, it wasn't fair. And the, I think it was one of the ladies or the daughters said something profound. She just said, love never, never divides, it only multiplies. And that is a profoundly true reality that we find in the person of Jesus and in the life-giving relationship that he gives. Um, so Galatians 2.20 teaches us that since we have been crucified with Christ and no longer live, but Christ is living in us, then we don't need to or we shouldn't act like the old self. Our words, our behaviors, our actions will become more reflective of who Jesus is. Once again, the Bible actually calls us as followers of Jesus to be conformed, not to the pattern of this world, but the idea is that we are conformed to the image of the Son or to the image of Jesus. So a great relationship, if we want to uncomplicate things, mm -hmm. is about becoming the right person, not just finding the right person. All right, myth number two. Um, we've been told, especially in church world, that you have to kiss dating goodbye. Um, we don't believe that anymore. We never did believe that. No. Me and you, you and I, us. But there was a book written, and um, won't mention the author's name. You can feel free to go and look for the title yourself. But reportedly, the author of that book has kind of changed the entire philosophy as well. Um, the, to kiss dating goodbye, the belief that we have to be friends with everyone, that we have to... Uh, so not just in marriage, but even in, of course. in friendships. Right? Yeah, in friendships. Dating is an important part of friendships, which is one thing we talk about here at Generations quite often. Um, you know, we, we, you need to date a little bit. And not in the romantic sense, but in the sense of finding out if it's tolerable for you to spend time with the other per person. Yeah, so it, it used to mean, you know, success meant that you dated only one person and then you married that person. Or um, you find your best friends and you never have to try hard. That's right, and so dating in a healthy way, or, or let's just use this phrase, getting to know someone in a healthy way is not a loss when there's a breakup. It's actually a win because it, limit, it eliminates an incompatibility. And that's really what we want for our kids, thinking ahead to marriage, but not just marriage. Mm -hmm. Thinking ahead to every relationship my teenagers might have with the friends around. When they discover that that person is gonna take them in a direction that is unhealthy, unsafe, unwise, it's an absolute victory in that case when we discover incompatibility and decide I'm not gonna walk that way because we do become like the people we choose to walk with. So when you're getting to know someone or when you're beginning to date someone, we have to have a mindset shift that it's still a win even if it doesn't work out because the win is about finding out whether or not you're compatible. So if you are compatible, it's a win. And if you're not compatible, it's still a win. That's right. A lot of people have that idea that the only possible outcome is becoming best friends with someone and then they become offended if it doesn't work out. Well, that's just not reasonable. When we talk about doing life together, when we talk about building authentic relationships, something that is not overly complicated, it's important to understand that not everybody is your cup of tea. Not everybody is going to be your best, best friend. We're called to love everybody, not to spend every second of every day with everybody. And there's a huge difference in those two things. Some people may not be emotionally mature enough or stable enough or healthy enough in their patterns to 
walk with you or to be with you, to be friends with you. It's a win if you figure that out. It doesn't give us an excuse to hate people. It just helps us understand what it means to be at peace, to walk with, to simplify relationship a little bit. And maybe who to include in the inner circle, still being kind, loving, honoring people, but helping us see who we bring close. Yeah, I feel like we should tap on Robert uh, Proverbs, Roberts. Proverbs 18.24, it reminds us of this. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Mm -hmm. And that is an absolute truth. That is founded upon millions of relationships, millions and millions of experiences through the trials of human, human life. And so if you find out you're not compatible with someone, if you find out they're gonna take you the wrong way, that's a win. And if you are compatible, that's a win too. It's all good. Um, the, the important thing is, is that you can't give up after one try. Yeah, in the true. In a church family, there will be people who you know, I mean, I love our whole church because I'm their pastor, but as a plain old sinful person still, I, you know, I love all of you still. Don't People worry. People will disappoint you. <laughs> People will hurt you. People are different than you. That's okay, right. Okay, if you're becoming who God wants you to be, then when the right friend comes along, you'll be who you need to be. That's right. So it's true for friends, it's true for spouses, marriage partners, it's true for dating relationships, mm -hmm. because it doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, myth number three. Good relationships will not require any effort. People believe that. That's a pile of crap. <laughs> it's not true. It's like this, people see me sing and play the guitar, and I have heard this in church world my entire life. So if you said this to me, please don't be offended. But they say, oh, I just wish I had your talent. I just wish it was as easy as it is for you. Let me tell you something. Nothing you do well in this life will truly be easy. Anytime you see someone great at something, anytime you see someone who does well at something, I promise you, they have put countless, untrackable, untraceable hours into becoming good at anything. And so for you playing guitar. So for me, playing guitar started as a as a preteen, staying up all night playing every worship song I could find. I mean, I would have driven people nuts if I would have been in a public space with the rest of my family. Maybe just like some of your kids. Just like my kids nice. sometimes drive us now. Yeah, absolutely. So it takes hours and hours and hours of hard work and dedication. And yes, there is natural talent and ability. There's even spiritual gifting, but. If it's good, I promise you it required effort. It's a lie to say good things don't require effort. So people don't become great at something like being a musician by accident. Because it makes me think of one of our children who keeps saying, well, if they just had a new guitar, yeah. if they just had a different guitar, your guitar is better. Yeah. Those, those aren't true. No, those, those like things people. aren't true. That's it. just like people. So when you see two people still deeply in love after 50 years of marriage, it was not easy. When you see two men who, let's say, fought in a war together, and you look and you say, man, those guys trust each other, they respect each other. Do you really think that that level of trust and relationship came without cost? That, that relationship was forged in incredible danger and difficulty, hardship, trial. Um, and, and so I think that we will miss out on the simplicity and beauty of great relationship, authentic, organic relationship, if we believe this myth or this lie that good relationship will not require effort. You can ask anybody in our church, if you see a healthy relationship and you ask them what it took to get there, they will be able to tell you some stories about when it wasn't easy, even though we don't always like to talk about what wasn't easy. Right. 
Yeah, and a lot of time it, it actually includes time. Well, time yeah. over time. Time over time is and always the solution. It's the answer key for this entire message, just so you know. Yeah. It is. If there was a test after. And this is, so the same is true with friendship, with marriages, with great relationships, with uh, even in families between siblings. There's, sadly, there's a lot of sibling relationships that, that barely survive family life. And not being close as they grow older, there's, you know, uh, it's just, it's hard to see. But authentic and meaningful, simple, beautiful, wonderful relationships, they are built when people become the person that God wants them to be. All, all of these things will, will come back one on the other. These are the building blocks of healthy relationship in the end. It doesn't happen by accident. So we're tempted to think, well, that couple just got lucky. But it reminds me of our kids again. I'm always telling them, you have to be intentional with these relationships with your siblings. If you want an uncle and cousins in your kids' lives, you have to be intentional with how you treat each other now, the words you say, how you build into each other's lives. Because over time, that matters, your intentionality and the effort you put in. Yeah, well, whether you're intentional or not, everything you do in a pattern in life creates culture. Right. And so often what we see in society today is a family where dad or the grandma or the mom or whoever, whoever is wanting a relationship has given huge amounts of their life to anything but the relationship with those people. And so if a dad spends all of his time at work and is never at home, the day will come where he has no relationship with, with whatever is at home. And sadly, it's usually nothing left at home in those cases because there was a lack of intentionality building the thing that, you know, that, that was actually a value. Many men in our, in our community here work tirelessly. They work incredible hours. They work dangerous jobs because they're trying to provide for their family's needs, wants, loves, desires, but they work so hard chasing the provision that they miss out on the intentionality of being and having time over time with the people they're doing it for. Sadly, everything comes to ruin when the people you work for are gone and not in your life. And so that's a, that's a tragedy that can be so easily avoided by uncomplicating relationship, understanding it is time over time. There's intentionality involved in that. So being intentional, the definition means done on purpose and deliberate. So some things we just have to be deliberate about in building a relationship. Well, as much as possible, we got to be deliberate about it. We, we honestly can't be perfect in everything. We can't be deliberate in everything. But if we do if we're deliberate, if we're intentional in the next right thing that we know to do with our family, with our relationship, then we're going to be building culture. We're going to start building something that is lasting, something that is taking us in the direction we want to go. So if it's not just about finding the right person and having a soulmate, who you're with right now, you can put an effort in. That's right. Same with your family, same with uh, relationships at work and, and friends, being intentional putting in an effort. And believe it or not, it will begin to create culture and culture is unstoppable once you get it going the way you want it to. Romans uh, 14 verse 19 says this, so then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. We pursue, in other words, we are intentionally chasing after. That's what pursuit is about. We are intentionally chasing after the things that make for peace and the building up of one another. See, the focus on my pursuit is not me, it's upon the building up of my wife or my children or my closest friends. Um, that's, that's what's gonna build something lasting and worthwhile over time. I think we see though that so many times people are waiting for someone to do that for them. That's right. Everybody wants Pursuit to wait. Pursuit word is a really, really the, good. Yep, absolutely. Moment. 
So to have healthy relationships, we want to be intentional. So with our budget, with our money, but not just with our budget of finances, how about how we budget our time? Everything you say yes to means you're going to have to say no to something else. So we have to budget our time. The same is true of our words. We need to save up some words of gratitude, affirmation, hope, uh, kindness throughout our day. So when we come home or when we come into those relationships, we have something to give. And the last one that helps with this particular topic is, is the issue of what we call guardrails. Being intentional. And in being having intentional, guardrails. having guardrails, keeping ourselves back from the edge of dangerous places. Um, how much time do you spend alone with the opposite sex after you're married? Those, those are important questions. And, and just so you know, we would love to have those conversations with any individual. Uh, but there are some very clear guardrails that need to be set up to protect authentic relationship. There's no shortage of shallow relationship in the world, but there is a shortage of real, true, deep relationship. Um, and so, you know, the question becomes, and are we intentional with the guardrails that protect our relationships? Are we, are we protecting our marriages from the time we could be at work? Are we protecting our time with our kids from the attack of blue screen, which is devices and the internet, and the time that that draws away from our children or other relationships? Um, spending time alone with the wrong people, uh, spending time alone at the wrong seasons in life with the wrong people. When your wife is at home with babies and there's two or three of them under the age of four, guys, that's a bad time to think you should be free to go up to the golf course four nights a week. Truth? Truth. Truth. Ask us how we know. We counsel some people. We see these things happen all the time. So listen, great relationships require effort and great relationships will always require intentionality. Uh, myth number four, healthy relationships never disagree. That would have been a great time for you to <laughs> jump in and yeah. disagree with me. It. To prove, it's it's it. okay. Uh, <laughs> myth number four leads us to lesson number four. So if myth number four is healthy relationships never disagree, lesson number four is learn how to fight. It's true. The best relationships include disagreements and even fights, but they generally have healthy rules and a healthy recovery. A healthy and a fun recreational recovery. There's that too. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> we can, it's, it's founded on this, this idea that we see in the Bible in the book of Psalm, chapter 145, verse 17. One of, I know I often say this is one of my favorite verses. You say it all. I have thousands of favorite verses, I'm sure. Psalm 145, 17 says this. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his deeds. Mm -hmm. So in other words, God is right about everything he says and does. But he is also kind in everything he says and does. Now, just pause everything in the message right now and imagine how your wife or how your husband or how your friends would respond to you if you were not only right in your own mind or otherwise, but you were also always kind. We, we often forget that those two things can go hand in hand. They can actually be mutual, welded together. Yeah. Uh, but we tend to sacrifice kindness for the sake of rightness. Or we often in society today sacrifice rightness in the name of kindness. It's not working for us. Right. Society's falling apart. I don't see a lot of hope for a lot of things. And guys, listen, if we could model ourselves after the mind of the one who created us, and that we could see, well, if God is right in all he does, and he's kind in all he does, can't I be right in what I say and kind in what I say? Can't I be right in what I do and kind in what I do? 
Because I think sometimes people, they take that part about they know they're right, and then they they justify all of their behavior because That's right. they're right. Because I was right. And, and so the old saying is, is uh, what is it? You, you can, can choose to be right. right or you can choose to be happy. Yeah. Right? Well, why can't we have both? Yeah, absolutely. And kindness is what accomplishes both, just so you know. Uh, I know Pastor Amy, my lovely wife here, one of her favorite verses, it's the same verse, but in the Message Bible, this is the one she posts around our home. I presume to possibly remind me to be kinder sometimes, <laughs> but she, the Message Bible says it this way, everything God does is right. The trademark on all his works is love. I just think that's, that's beautiful. It's amazing. I want that trademark I know. in my life. If you're going to get a tattoo, would that be the tattoo? I'm not getting tattoos. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so rules of engagement. Let's just talk about these real quick. Uh, rules of engagement. This is for... Some things that we've applied, yeah, right? If you're going to fight. Because a healthy relationship should have disagreement, fight, conflict, and resolution. Uh, to those three. So, number one, no yelling. Don't yell. Like, actually, we go by that. We, we when, do. And one of the tips that someone gave us a long time ago, if you're, if you're going to fight, be this close... Because if you're touching and holding hands, it's really hard to get loud. I, I see a lot of times people will leave the room and keep fighting, turn their back, start walking away, or yell from one room to another room. Mm -hmm. If you make that rule in your relationships with your kids, with your spouse, you are going to learn how to fight and be kind. That's right. Uh, rule number two in rules of engagement, no name calling. So in all of our years of marriage, we have each called each other a name once. Once. And that's the truth. That's Only it. once. It's the truth. It was a mistake, but that is definitely how we go about um, just some of the things we decided up front. This is a house, if someone's going to be in trouble, it's going to be quiet when they're disciplined, or it's going to be quiet when we fight. And then when we're disagreeing, we're not going to name call. It's just off limits, not an option. We don't do it. And, and I, we haven't. And that day that it happened, I didn't realize that uh, I can't even say don't it. Don't say it. I, I won't say, say mine either. Okay. You can't say it. Ask you just us can't later. Do it. Don't even justify it because you can't justify it at the end. All right. I'll tell you later. Rule number three take a timeout when you need it. It's okay to call a timeout, it's okay to walk away, get a cool head, get a breath of fresh air, and then come back and re engage. Keyword, come back, because if you if you need to cool off, just say that. I need I need to take a break. I need to leave. So set the timer on the microwave or on your phone and come back so that the other person isn't stuck wondering how long is this gonna drag out? Are we gonna deal with it tonight or tomorrow or in a week from now? Come back. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> time of day, that is rule number uh Four, I forgot we're at. Rule number four. Sometimes you learn about these rules the hard way. Yeah. Sometimes Don't start a difficult conversation at 1130 at night when your husband just came home from a shift or, or guys, don't start this at a time when your wife just got, you know, done working and making dinner and putting kids down. I don't, mean, come on. Don't only check in with her at 1130 yeah. at night. Gosh, man, we do some dumb, we do some stupid things. I know I'm allowed to say the S word, but I'm going to. We do some crazy things and it really is just not being self-aware enough to understand the time. And so time of day is actually an important rule in learning how to resolve conflict. And again, not just in marriage, 
and everything. I guarantee you, when you're gonna go and talk to your boss about resolving a conflict in your place of work, if you do that as he's trying to get out the door to go home at the end of the day or for a weekend, you're not gonna have his full attention. You're not gonna accomplish anything with that. And so we need to be smarter than the clock sometimes about when we choose to fight. All right, number five, conflict resolution might require choosing another time to finish. So go to bed, get a good night's sleep. Uh, again, avoid- Let's talk about it over lunch. Set an appointment. Let it, let it go. Yeah, absolutely. But make it time to talk about it. Yeah, and you'll come to me sometimes and say, okay, I'm gonna massage your shoulders for a half hour and talk to you about something which I hate, I feel manipulated, but I like massages, so I take it. <laughs> All right, and finally, the last rule, recovery. There always must be a recovery. Mm -hmm. If you are not having a recovery, you are not fighting properly, you are not ever gonna win, nothing will ever change, you will be stuck forever in the misery that you're experiencing. And relationship does not have to be that complicated. No, so these are just some tips for dealing with things sometimes, right? Because even in friendships, we need to learn to have conversations that are messy disagreeing is a, a part of building intimate relationships that's right disagreements do in fact build intimacy just like conflict builds depth in relationship two men who go to war together a couple who's been married 50 years right. uh, two girls who go through a horrible time in junior high school together can have a lifelong relationship adversity uh, absolutely can build in, in intimacy so can disagreement so you don't have to shy away from disagreements that's right um, you know, the reality is, is that we're better together. Um, that's true of anybody that we are building real, if we have become intentional intentional about relationship, the truth is we're going to be better together. Colossians 3, 13 and 14 says this, make allowance for each other's faults. Some days I feel like, I don't well, know. Well, we each have faults. If you just hide these things in obvious places around your home. Maybe you'd get along better sometimes. But we, yeah, when we embrace each other's differences and faults. Yeah. So make allowance, that's right, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, and so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. First Peter 4 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Oh, and that is true. Love covers a multitude of sins. So healthy relationships learn to reconcile the differences that are making us special and unique. Those differences are valuable. Those differences are not usually mistakes. They are just simply parts of the building process to make people greater together. Yeah, we wouldn't be married if we were just trying to be the same. It'd be boring. Trying to find someone the same. We I have get, a lot of differences. I get bored of myself. So we've had a lot of fights. We have. We work it out. Healthy relationships learn to fight. All right, and finally, myth number five. Uh, we don't need anyone else. Really? Yeah, that's a myth. Yeah. If you want to see a person's future, just look at who they spend their time with. Look at their friends. You always become who you hang out with. What if you're just hanging out with yourself? Oh, then you become be yourself. <laughs> mm. Everybody so, needs somebody. This is one of my favorite verses. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise but the companion of fools will suffer harm. The Message Bible says, um, hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. It does matter who we spend our time with. Yeah, so if you look at your life and the people that you're spending time with, who you get together with on a regular basis, here's the questions you need to ask. Are they kind? Are they the people that I wanna be like? Do they have the kind of marriage or other relationships that I want to have? 
Uh, do they treat people with love and respect? I mean, these are questions we put in front of our sons and our daughters when they're going out to, to spend time with people. Um, do they hold themselves to the gold standards of living? Even how, even how do they, how do they treat themselves? Do they have a pot a positive self image? Do they have, you know, healthy maturity around their own? Sorry, that was a typo. Well, Godly standards of living is God. what I was thinking. You said gold standards. Oh, that's I what did. I accidentally oh, wrote. Man. Love covers a multitude of sins. But, but that's a really, a really good question about who you hold close that's and right. who you bring near because people will influence you. And do they influence your relationships for good? The people we hang around with have an overwhelming impact on the health of our relationships and our marriage. That's true. Uh, the friends we have are not our friends by accident. Now, the beginning of that relationship maybe wasn't intentional, intentional, intentional on our part, but some of the very closest people we walk with once we met them, everything became intentional after that. And they have been with us through the highs, the lows. They have coached us through some difficult fights. Um, They're the people we trust our life to. And we allowed them in for a reason. And that's because they had the standards. They had those things that we desired to have in our relationship as well. And so they were friends of character. Um, character and values, I think, yeah. is one of, the, one of the things most important to us. Even a factor in us getting married. We didn't have a lot of things that were in common, but character and values. Mm -hmm. So our friends and people we hold close, that's a yeah. big deal. In our closest circle of friends, you will find something very common that the D word is never mentioned in marriage. That's right. of course. It's just, it's just not on the table it's in the people option. that are closest to us in life. And, and that is in part intentional on our, for our part. We pay attention to the people we allow into that place of influence in our lives. We need to be wise about this. If we just let whoever, if we just let whatever content uh, fill us, then that's everything that's going to speak out of us. It's the other, the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks, the Bible says. So what are you allowing into your heart? Well, a large percentage of what comes into your heart is coming into you because you're choosing to trust it. You're choosing to allow it to happen. And friends, relationships are one of the greatest inputters into our life. So we want to choose friends wisely. We want to be in the right relationships mm -hmm. wisely. We have to be patient and wait for those to develop into the right thing sometimes. Because there is a time when you need people to speak into your life. That's right. Friends, you, counselors. Because you weren't made to do it alone. In fact, mm -hmm. when God created man, you know, he did everything he did. And, and, and I think God did a good job of it. But then he said this, it is not good for man to be alone. And so, so God designed us to be with people and not just in the marital sense. God designed us for relationship. God designed us to walk in community. We need other people. We need our church family. By the way, right now, in most places in the world, the church is thriving. Why? In a time of hopelessness, despair, uncertainty, the church is thriving. Why? Because it has depth and relationship and community. Because it has a relationship that is actually not so complicated. It can run without all of the things that people are used to having. Yeah, so good. I have friends and the only reason they have other people in their life is because they play on a beer league hockey team. Well, that's not happening and so now they have no relationship. You know, the beautiful thing about healthy relationship, it's not complicated. For, for you motorheads out there, it's like a naturally aspirated engine compared to a electronically injected engine. We don't need the technology to make it run right. We don't need the technology to make it go strong and fast because it's simpler this way. 
All right. So people have all these different myths that they believe about relationships, and it ends up making things really complicated. And a lot of the times when it's complicated, we just think we should get away or get out. And that's also a myth we could have addressed, but, we'll but we're just, out of time. We're out of time. Yeah. So we learn to stick together. And when we walk on the mountaintops, we stay together. And we walk in the valleys, we stick together. And when we cross all the creeks and the rock slides in between, we stick together because we're better together. We allow people to see us at our best and at our worst so that they really know who we are. You see, I know that seems complicated to do, but it's really simple. You just have to let it happen. You have to be intentional about some little steps. As we walk together longer, we will always become better and stronger. And the same is true with our relationship with God. There will be mountaintops and there will be valleys. I just thought you'd really pick up on my little rhyme that I just made there. Missed it. As we walk together longer, we'll always become better and stronger. That was so cute. TMs. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what the same thing is true in all relationship including mine and your relationship with God there's going to be mountains and valleys but walk together longer you'll always get better you'll always get stronger the fires and the problems of life make our relationship with our Heavenly Father deeper and stronger now I know from his perspective I, I mean I don't know that God can love us more than what he's already demonstrated but I know I can love him more and I know that the purification that comes into my life because of difficult situations, like we talked about last Sunday, stewarding difficult times, stewarding hardship in our life, like we steward everything else. It, it causes us to become more like the person we wanna be, who is, I mean, it is, it's Jesus. I wanna love that selflessly. I wanna, I wanna love with that wisdom. I wanna walk with that kind of, of, of integrity in my life. Um, and so relationships, those obstacles, those challenges we face are really, uh, when, we, when we understand it's not overly complicated, are really opportunities to let things go deeper, let things become better. Um, it's just, we're going to have to let our guard down and walk through them. So don't believe the myths. Relationship right. is time over time. So let's, let's leave them with these little positives yeah. right now. What you should, what you must focus on. Focus on becoming the right person. Focus on, for us as followers of Jesus, that means focus on becoming like Jesus, which will not make you more religious. It will not make you more negative. It will not make you more pious. It will not make you a jerk. It won't if you're going to follow and become more like Jesus. It will make you more right and more kind. Yeah. Okay. Focus on being intentional, putting in effort. Choosing what you pursue. Choosing where we place our time. Yeah. Choosing who we allow or who we choose to go after in relationship. Hey, learning how to disagree. Fight fair. Learning how Come to on. fight. Don't yell. Don't call names. I mean, if you do those two things, you're going to be well on your way to having a good recovery, just so you know. Yeah. All right? Embrace our differences. All right? And, or just embrace more yeah. differences at all. Could have been a whole nother. I mean, one of the funnest things about being married is literally embracing our differences. <laughs> Too far? Too far. <laughs> All right. And the last one, be willing to invest time over time. Yeah. <sighs> I think I really rocked your world by that differences thing. When, <laughs> remember, when the difficulties come, 
It's not complicated. There's very simple steps to getting through. There's very simple steps that we take to overcome. There's very simple actions and things that we're intentional about that bring us to that next place that we want to get. If you're married today at Generation Church, I want to tell you, you can do it. You can become better. You can become greater. You can become a culture changer, a world influencer in making other marriages great. You just have to put yourself out there to do it. People are needing hope. People want hope. Maybe you're watching today and you don't have a great relationship. I want to tell you, our church is filling up with people who have seen miracles happen in their relationships. Husbands and wives who were falling apart, coming together. Families that were splintering and being destroyed, being healed, made whole. It's amazing. Our church has become a bit of a wellspring for relational healing in marriage. And we never thought that would happen. We thought other healings would happen. But nonetheless, here we are. And, you know, it can happen for you too. There's a real simple thing we all got to do, and that is we bend our will first to Jesus. We bend our will to other people. We need to bend our will to the Holy Spirit. And as we close today, I just I want to I want to invite you to do just that once again. You know, at the end of every message at Generations Church, we stop, we pause to ask this question: Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with what I've heard today? And as we've been talking through this relationship idea today, it really isn't complicated. Guys, the relationship that God wants to have with you is not complicated at all. What God wants from your relationship is you. Not just a part of you, but every part of you. And I think that if you're willing to chance it, if you're willing to, to apply that faith that you do have to Him, I think what you're going to find is there's a deep desire in your heart to also want everything He has for you. And This is the amazing thing about who our Creator is. And so today it's a very simple thing that you can do. Any one of us at any time can choose to bend our will to Jesus. We have to choose to do it on a daily basis. But I want to tell you one thing. Here's a promise from the Word of God. If you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Right now, you might have a laundry list of things that you know are wrong in relationship. You know they are wrong inside of you with who you are. You're not the person you want to be. But I'm here to tell you today that by the work that Jesus did on the cross, in an instant, your life can begin to be different. You bend your will to Him. You confess your sin to Him. He'll forgive your sin. You continue to bend your will. You make Him the Lord, the boss of your life. You will begin to see miracles happen. You'll be able to see things change in your life that you thought might never, ever change. Because the power of Jesus, the power of his gospel, is the most amazing changing force that we have ever seen in this world. Yeah. <clears throat> Why don't you let us pray for you today? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it does, in fact, speak to every need that we have. And Holy Spirit, I pray today that as we ask that question, what do you want us to do with what we heard, that you would speak to us? God, I pray that you would take away the things that block our hearing, that block our spiritual sight uh, from the things that you want to show us, from the things that you want to speak to us. Holy Spirit, help us to hear your voice today as we earnestly ask you. God, I pray for someone this morning who is far from you, that they would feel how close and how real your presence is right now, wherever they are, in their vehicle, in their living room, God, wherever they might be sitting. Jesus, I pray for those who are sick today in our community, God, that there would be a healing touch from you that comes into their physical bodies, that there would be a change, Lord, that you would receive the glory for it. God, we lift every broken family, every broken relationship before you right now as we've been talking about relationship today. And God, we ask that you would reconcile 
fathers and sons and mothers and daughters and brothers and sisters, Lord, all over the place, through our church, through family connections, through friendships, God. Jesus, we pray that you would fill each person with a spirit of who you really are, a spirit of love and not fear. God, we continue to look to you, to trust you, to put our hope in you, to place our faith in you, because we know that you are a good father. It truly is who you are. We know that you love us. And Lord, I pray that today, as we have spent some time in your presence, that you would bless us and that your presence would go with us. We ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.